It's five evening, it's five o'clock, and that can only mean one thing. That's right, it is myself, Aidan Rafferty, and Brian uh, Brian Colloran with you for the next two hours, uh, two hours of sport. We hope you'll stay with us and you enjoy what we have. Uh, we'll kick off, as always, with rugby. Then we'll have uh, Hurling What's the Score with myself and, of course, Andrew O'Shaughnessy. And uh, then... We'll also have a, a two-sided interview with myself. There's myself and uh, Thomas Callan. We'll be bringing you all the uh, all the latest news from Castlery Cavaliers Basketball Club, and of course, as well, he also lined out a cornerback for his club, his J Club, Castlery St Kevin's, and they won the uh, the the 2023 intermediate. County football final, so we'll be talking to him about that. So uh, it's uh, kind of a two year, two interviews in one, and so we love all that and much, much more. So uh, stay tuned. We'd like to thank, uh, as always, uh, Louise McMahon for another great show there, as always, and of course, um, Joe Bambrick for another very interesting show. Thanks very much to the two of them, and uh, of course, don't forget um, that everyone here does works hard behind the scenes and all the presenters uh, here here in a voluntary capacity. Um, everyone producing some uh, great shows or something for everyone uh, music shows and chat shows current affairs and everything so uh, why not support your local radio station on uh, you can do that by um, I suppose buying um, buying a an envelope every, every for the draw that's every two weeks the 50-50 draw you can buy one for two euro or three for uh, or three for a fiver and you can also on, you can also enter online on uh, rossofm.ie as well and of course as always we'd love to hear from you um, if you have any views or if you want Anthony Red or you want to say hello to someone you can uh, text or, or send in a whatsapp message to 083-85-99-748 that's 083-85-99-748 and of course uh, you know you can listen to us in many ways you can listen to us on the radio on FM 94.6 you can listen to us on the website www.rossfm.ie forward slash live or indeed, as always, on the tuning app. So uh, we hope you enjoy all that we have for you. But um, I suppose we better uh, we'll uh, kick off the show as we always do, uh, Brian, by talking about the uh, the results from uh, the results from last week's Premier League uh, games, mm-hmm. and we'll kick off the they are as follows: um, Crystal Palace one, Tottenham Hotspur two. Uh, Chelsea nil, Brentford two. We won't say anything about that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, t- Arsenal two, Sheffield United nil, Bournemouth two, Burnley one, uh, Wolves two, Newcastle United two, um, West Ham West Ham United nil, Everton one. Um, uh, also Aston Villa three, Luton Town one, um, Brighton one, Fulham one, Le- Liverpool three, Notts Forest nil. And Manchester United, uh, Manchester United, nil, Manchester City three. That's in the Manchester Derby, and the results are: uh, I got five out of ten. Dara got six out of ten. Emer got um, Emer got six out of ten. Martin got, sorry, Aidan got five out of ten. Dara got six out of ten. Emer got six out of ten. Uh, Martin got five out of ten. Noel got five out of ten. Eugene, that's um, Noel's father, got five out of ten. Brian got seven out of ten, and uh, Mary, Mary, that's uh, Brian's mum, got six out of ten. So the results so far for the season are uh, Aidan on two, Martin on four, and uh, between uh, Aidan, Martin, uh, Aidan and Martin, the results are Aidan one, Martin two, Mary four, 
uh, Noel 2 uh, Brian 3 and Eugene nil. so we'll <laughs> I wonder will I wonder will uh, will uh, Eugene get off the, get on get yeah, on, get on the score so. show hope says <laughs> it you know perseverance just keep at it and uh you're look uh, as someone that knows that had bad results in the past. Your luck will eventually change. That's it. Um, yeah, if we go through the results from last week. You know, Friday night, the Friday night game, we had uh, f- uh, Tottenham uh, against Fulham. Tottenham getting a, a comfortable win in the end. I think you know the uh, Fulham got a late goal, um, but Tottenham never looked like losing the game, and they're just chucking along nicely now. You know, no one expected this from Tottenham at all, even there. Their most optimistic supporter when Ange Postecoglou got the job wouldn't have seen this uh, start the season. But um, yeah, I can't see any faults in their play. To be honest with you, um, I mean that that could be partly seen too. I suppose Son is uh, out in the sunshine now. The, mm. the limelight is on him. He's getting the he's getting he, he's been able to express himself now that the the uh, the attention is not always on Harry Kane. But mm. Harry Kane is playing great stuff for. Uh, for um, mm. Bayern Munich as well, but the, the, yeah. this is uh, you know he's really getting to show his potential now, son. Yeah, when when he when he came first uh, the first season together, Kane and um, Kane and Son, like I think they had the most goal assist combination in the Premier League, um, and but then his second season on and on in kind of behind Kane, Kane taking the spotlight with all his goals, maybe it was a position he didn't like, and yeah, he's flourished since Kane has left, which is surprising, but maybe that's the that's the role he's taken up now and see he's been given the captain's armband as well do you want to uh, shall we skip the Chelsea game no we'll have to do the Chelsea game unfortunately <laughs> um, yeah just when they take a few steps forward it's just a result like this puts them back to square one again you know it's just um, they had so much of the ball in the first half game should have been outside at half time and the longer the game went on you just knew well Brentford were growing in confidence and uh, you know Thomas Frank has just built them up so they know how to stay in games sets them up tactically like it might be the prettiest in the eye but what's the point in them going out trying to play trying to play the ball against Chelsea when they know they have a game plan to win and yeah uh, caught them on the break and this Chelsea struggle to play against teams like that if you put a low block against Chelsea you know Chelsea's two best performances this year were against Liverpool first game and against Arsenal the week before you know teams that like to come out and play football against them and Chelsea went toe to with them and probably were the, the better team in those two games. But as soon as a low block team comes in, teams that put every player behind the ball, you know, Chelsea just struggled to break them down. So, yeah, um, as much as I hate to say it, but uh, yeah, well deserved win from Brentford. And I suppose, you know, for Chelsea, like, you know, getting them on the break, I think that's a problem that Liverpool had as well, uh, kind of in a lot of games, more so last year than this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe they've learned, from, Liverpool have lear- learned from last year, but it seems to be uh, <laughs> whatever whatever bug Liverpool had last year, Chelsea seemed to be having it this year, but how do you solve it? I mean, yeah. it's got to do with, like, I think it's about, like, you know, I suppose, have they a player like Trent Alexander-Arnold that can go forward but get back on time? That, that's the trick, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think the problem with Chelsea is, you know, they've new owners come in, everyone knows that the money's been spent, and, and it's been, there's a new philosophy now with young players coming in, get all the old players out. Um, I think the average age is down about four or five years. And, uh, in fairness to Chelsea, you know, not 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 sticking up for them or anything, but they've had a lot of injuries like, you know, and Cuckoo, the guy that was brought in to get the goals, got injured in pre season and you're always going to struggle for goals when a player like that is out. Um they just need to stick with it. Um you know, it's up to Pochettino now to come up with a game plan to 
to break down these teams and you can't just keep accepting results like that you know just because everyone puts uh, teams come into play it puts everyone behind the ball um, you know that's the way to beat Chelsea now I think that's it and uh, moving on then to Arsenal 5 uh, Sheffield United now, I think that, that there was an air of inevitability even though even though they were without Jesus they're still uh, yeah. they, they still have the, the players and of course maybe um, you could say that you know it's kind of as we as we've said in the last couple of weeks hard hard on Aaron Ramsdale uh, but the the new co- the new goalkeeper seems to be settling in uh, yeah like they would have been bouncing after getting that draw against Chelsea you know um and yeah, put on an emphatic display, you know, in case uh, Dean Ketia getting a hat trick. You know, if you said he was going to be the main striker at the start of the year, you know, you had to go to him and laugh at. But uh, yeah, he's coming in there doing the business for them, and maybe that's what they were lacking last year. And maybe he's the striker to get them 20 plus goals a season and be the difference with them coming second and first. And it means that, like, you know, they're, they're not dependent, you know, the way there are some teams that depend on one or two players. Mm. You know, like when Jesus is injured. They have they have Nketiah, like you just said, and vice versa, and even that they have a they have a good squad, so they have someone else. Oh yeah, they've well, like, you know. yeah they've goals coming up from all the pitch. Like, you know, you have Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard chipping in with a few. Trasser coming off the bench, always good for a goal. So yeah, that's it's very important when you're when you're up in that position. You're not relying. So obviously, it's nice to get you get your player to get you twenty odd goals a season, but. Yeah, if you can get someone in the high teens and everyone else chipping in from all over the field, you're in a very good position. And moving on then, Bournemouth 2, um, Burnley 1. I, f- I think I had a drawdown for this one. Yeah, but, uh, I think I got this right. I think I said Bournemouth just because the manager was under severe pressure. I think a bit more pressure than uh, company is under. But um, yeah, Burnley would be very disappointed with this result, you know. Having gone a goal up and then concede two goals... Um, I think they were unlucky in this. I was watching, actually watching this at the time, and they had a late goal without for a VAR decision. The VAR decision took six minutes. Like, why? It, why is it taking so long? And like, the technology is there to get all this right. And you see them drawing the lines. The line came up, and it went green. So the goal was given, and then it's they got the call. It's not the technology that's the problem. Oh, the technology, absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent. Like, and it came up as if the goal was given, and then. They took another look at it, and then there was different lines drawn, and the goal was ruled out. It's like if you're a Vincent company, like you have to be so frustrated. Even if they got the right decision in the end, it's just how they're getting there. I suppose you could see another another way if you were to to put a finer point on it. It must have been kind of like I suppose Everton the week be- you know the week before that against mm. you know against Liverpool yeah. in, in that game you, you could say maybe but also Liverpool Liverpool against Spurs as well for the Diaz goal there, there seems to be a lot a lot of this going on uh, you, you know yeah um, I'd love to know if it's going on in other leagues around Europe because yeah. it's just fair skill at the moment like you just we're three years into it now maybe three or four years into it and you still no one's the wiser what decision they're going to end up with yeah. like if you look at the Champions League. They have a different technology. It they take one look at it, and it's sorted straight away. And then about thirty seconds later, then it shows you when the ball goes dead in play, and it's perfect. And I don't know for some reason they don't seem to want to adopt that in the Premier League. I don't know why, because they, I mean <laughs> it's down to interpretation. I think mm-hmm. well, offside is yeah. well, offside is it's black and white, like you know. Well, you sh- you yeah. shouldn't be getting them wrong, like you know. Everything else is subjective, you know. Yeah. Decision, um, a foul, a penalty, handball. You know, but these were decisions that were they were going to get right. Was offside, yeah. And you know, the bread and butter, really. Yeah, the the Diaz one against Tottenham, and now this one, mm. you just 
Yeah, I don't know where, where it's going to end. That's it. Then. Moving on to, you're a happy man, you went for a draw on this one, Wolves 2, Newcastle 2. I think, you know, a lot of people kind of would have said, um, you know, a, a Newcastle win. But, you know, the way Wolves are playing, you know, it was, it was a good result for them as well, like, because they, they are playing really good stuff. So, mm. it's not, it, it isn't really a surprise, that this draw, is it? Is it no, I, the only reason I went for this really was because. You know Newcastle playing Champions League midweek. Yeah. You know, it's, you know they're not used to it. You know, it's their first year back in Europe and maybe maybe ten years. I think it's like something like that. And it's just very hard to if you're not a seasoned club. Yeah. It's very hard to do the week midweek game and then come back to a Premier League game. And uh, you know, Wolves had Neto, their playmaker. He was brilliant. He was, yeah, he was absolutely brilliant. And he got injured in that game late on. But, yeah, Newcastle, very lucky to get the draw. He, um, they got a very dubious penalty. Mm. Do you know, the thing I don't understand about the VAR as well, you know, when you see them going over to look at the monitor, mm. and they look at it and look at it and look at it. And yeah, sometimes they... It shows, like, and, yeah. you know, they should, maybe they should have a time. You get to look at it, like, five times. If you can't make up a decision after five times... Go with the on-field decision. Because yeah, the more you overlook it, the more you analyse it. Yeah, it's just it's so strange to figure out like that these are the best officials in the in the country and supposed to be. If well, if they're the best, I wouldn't like yeah. to see the worst. Well, this is <laughs> it. this is it. And moving on, then I suppose a, a bit of a, a bit of a, a, a suppose uh, well not a miracle, but uh, I suppose some a, a result that we wouldn't have expected given their form. Um, Everton having a one 0 win over over um, over West Ham. Mm. Yeah, it just said last week that this is a very tough one to call, and it could have went either way now. Mm. But um, yeah, great result for West Ham or for Everton uh, to get a win against West Ham. But just going to show you that, like, if you take out Man City and Liverpool to a certain degree, um, a lot of them are fifty fifty games. Yeah. yeah, and just going to be decided by a goal, the odd goal here and there. And of course, like um, I suppose, home or away, because uh, some teams set up different for playing away than at home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But and but the good thing for Everton is they've got Calvert-Lewin back scoring again, yeah, yeah. and it keep if Everton stay up this year, which they probably will be, because I think there's three worst teams than them. Um, they need Calvert-Lewin scoring the goals. Like last year, the reason they were down there is because he was injured for so long they couldn't get him back fit for an extended period, and um, you have to keep him fit. They should be flying this year. That's it, and I suppose really in that really with with Everton, you could you could see against against Liverpool shoots of what they are capable of when yeah. they tuned in. And I mean that's not a reflection on Liverpool. Liverpool won it comfortably enough, but they did cause problems at certain times oh, in that game. Yeah, they have players that can cause you problems on any day. Like you know, you have Onana, uh, Decore, Dwight Gale. You know, good players that can cause defence problems on any day. Like. Kane gets into, get, he gets sent off. Yeah, it? yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he tends to get sent off a lot. But anyway, um, the next one then is uh, a three-one win for Aston Villa over Luton. Look, that's not that's not really a, no, a strange exactly. one. And I mean, the way, when you see the way uh, Aston Villa are playing at the moment, that they're they're uh, you know they're 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 a good team as well. They'll be pushing nearly for Europe as well, or is that? Oh no, they'll be pushing for. They're in Europe this year. They'll be pushing for Champions League this year. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Do you know, they're, they're, that's their twelfth straight home win. You know, if if Man City did that or Liverpool did that, do you know, we'd be applauding them how good they've been. But uh, Aston Villa, thirteen goals in the last three games. Um, 
you know, it's just phenomenal form from Emery. Like, can't get over the job he's doing there. Um, another defeat for Luton. Um, it's the seventh defeat of the season. Um, yeah, it's going to be a long season for them. It's not getting any easier with Liverpool this weekend. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, it just. Yeah. Uh, no matter who they face, I think they're going to struggle. And I suppose moving on then to a 1 1 draw for a 1 1 Brighton 1 Fulham 1. This is a game that you would have thought Brighton would have won given their form and the quality they have. And when you look at Fulham, they're not really that great mm-hmm. this season. But, uh, you know, look, they, they obviously have something in the bag when they're able to get a 1 all draw against a, a very good Brighton team. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's hard to know what to make of Brighton. Like, they play this brilliant football that everyone loves, and rightfully so, like playing out from the back. They don't want to change that philosophy. But, yeah, you would expect them to get the result against Fulham this week, or last week. And, yeah, it never happens. You know, the, the game, I watched the highlights of it, like, the game really should have been over at half time. You know, I have great to see Evan Ferguson getting a lovely finish. Um, you know, the, the things he's doing at 18, it's frightening, you know. But, um, that's it. Yeah. And, uh, mo- moving on then, um, Liverpool had a 3 0 win over Forest again. Look, uh, straightforward. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people would have given that. Although, look, the last season, not Forest mm-hmm. were very good, but Liverpool, the way Liverpool are playing mm-hmm. this season, it's yeah. hard to kind of go against them in a lot of games. No, they're yeah favourites going into any game. I think now Liverpool, the eight wins in a row in all competitions. I think that's the difference between Liverpool and Chelsea. Yeah. You know, probably you know when they played earlier on the season. Now I know it was the first game was hard to judge, but Chelsea probably just a better team. But you know, when Liverpool go into games against your Forest, your Lutons, your Bournemouths, you know they just dismantle them. Yeah. No matter what style of play the team play against them, they just have match winners all over the pitch. And finally, then um, Man City had a three 0 win over uh, over Manchester United in Old Trafford. This is always a high tempo and a high, a very passionate game. But uh, yeah. it is very hard to see Man United getting out of this. I mean, when you look at even without uh, certain players that Man City normally have, De Bruyne, yeah. for example, yeah. you know that the, the, the balls that he can play in, uh, you know, to get a to get a three 0 win here. That's you know, it's not yeah. a surprise. You know, yeah, first against ninth, and it looked every bit of that. Um, I think United are very lucky to come away with the 3-0 yeah, uh, 3-0 defeat they need to no more than Chelsea I think the United fans club just need to lower their expectations for this season because I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better that's it I'm moving on to the Premier League games for this weekend and uh, starting with Saturday Fulham take on Manchester United that's going to be an interesting one um, do you know what I went for I, 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 well I, I'm going to read we'll, we'll read our predictions out later on yeah. but that's uh, we, we just kind of you know Fulham I suppose to a certain extent that, that that's a better point for them uh, in the last game that, than the other team so I suppose to a certain extent they'll be going into this game with a, bo- with a buzz and given the way look at we've seen Man United you don't know what sort of Man United is going to turn up plus it's away yeah. for, Man, for Man United yeah. you know, that could make it tricky I don't think uh, Man United they're, they're not great on the road no uh, I don't think they're great season, they? they're not great on the road they're not great on the pitch they're great nowhere they're just they're 3-0 three, three defeats in a uh, row uh, you know? even in the corporate box <laughs> oh yeah 3-0 three nil, three, three nil defeats in a row um, you know this is a 50-50 game um, I've gone for a draw Um you know, if Ten Hag doesn't get the win here, he'd have to be under serious pressure. You know, there's you look look at the papers today. There's rumours going around that the players aren't happy with the management style. 
Um, yeah, but the, the players have to take oh, responsibility yeah, as well. Like, I'm I mean, all for that. Like, if you, yeah. if you watch the Carabao Cup game during the week, uh, the 3-0 defeat to Newcastle, you know, it's just something I notice. It's a pet peeve of mine is players wearing gloves. Yeah. Newcastle players, none of them had gloves on. Yeah. You know, they want to go... Go play football, run around, want to be warm. I mean, it's different. It's different if you're if you're playing in Russia in a Champions League. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, minus yeah, three or four. Or yeah, like that. that's exactly. Terrible. And the United players, five of them I counted, had gloves on. Yeah. You know, them players. Can you count on them? Um, yeah, no. I just yeah, it's the real pet peeve of mine. But uh, yeah, if Ten Hag doesn't get the win here, he's going to be under serious pressure. And I mean, like, I don't know, like, if you look at their next couple of games as well, um, you know, can you see the, Can you see United turning the corner at all? I mean, you, you know, especially... Well, when they, no, when they've struggled, they've struggled to beat Sheffield United, you know. Yeah. There's not many, much easier games than that. Um, but maybe they need a win, and maybe it's the win that's going to ignite their season, but, yeah, just can't see it happening. Yeah, but I, I suppose really, like, other teams in the in the Premier League... You know, like yeah, they, they are beating them. I know it's it's more about the result than the performance, but they need to they, they need to oh, yeah. they, they need the to have the performance. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, for for Manchester United, um, you know, they really need to um, the, the the need to kind of tidy that up because I mean, <clears> like you know, when they come up, you know, they're, they're winning these games, but. I suppose play, you know, pundits and that, and the, the media and that won't really rate them until they beat the, until they beat oh, yeah. the top five team. That's when they'll be they'll be Man United will be saying, "All oh, right, they are maybe maybe they are starting mm-hmm. to." to, to yeah, they need. Uh, yeah, I don't even think one win is going to do us. You know, they need, I need they need yeah, a few yeah, wins, yeah. but like um, Old Trafford is nowhere near the fear factor it used to be. Yeah, you know, if you you come away from Old Trafford with a 1-0 defeat or a 2-0 defeat you know you're nearly happy with that but if you come away from Old Trafford now with a draw you're nearly disappointed yeah yeah. yeah that's the way it's gone that's and you can't you know we've we've touched on this before in previous programmes you can't keep blaming what's going on upstairs yeah so you know them the players, players Ayrton and I got he got Hoyland who he wanted you know he got uh, Anthony um, I mean injuries fair enough but I don't think they have any no no they're not and like Tactically, they don't seem to be up to it. Yeah. You know, and you can't blame the Glazers for that. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, the pressure's definitely on him because I don't think the Glazers are going anywhere. It's a, it's a mixture of different factors, really. Yeah. It's the players and the. I mean, when you, when you look at the squad on paper, they have a good squad, but they're just not. Uh, they're yeah, just but. Not, they're, they're just not, not clicking. But, yeah, they have a good squad, but would any of their players get into the Man City team? I don't think. Would any of the players get into the Liverpool team? No, not really. As a Chelsea fan, I know we're struggling, but. Maybe take Fernandez. Yeah, yeah. That's about it. And would any of them get into the Arsenal team, Tottenham team? No, you know, not, you've not the way. Not the way Spurs are playing at the moment. No, not no. Yeah. Mm. Um, the, mo- moving on to Brentford. Uh, Brentford take on West Ham. That's going to be a, an interesting one. Uh, uh, London derby. There, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Brentford are 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 a good side. Like we said, West Ham. They they need to get back on the horse again and try yeah. and get a win here. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 kind of an even Stevens game, really, isn't it? Yeah, I went for a draw on this. Um, you know, Brentford. You know, as we said, getting a great result against Chelsea, but maybe for them uh, it's easier to play against Chelsea. But West Ham, a terrific win during the week, you know, getting a 3 0 win against Arsenal in the Carabao Cup will give them great confidence. And I just saw a stat there this morning that um, West Ham have never beaten Brentford uh, under Thomas Frank, four defeats and only scoring one goal. Mm. So it's kind of shocking to see that, you know. 
Yeah, that's it, and that's going to be an interesting game. Even, even when you take into account, well, I suppose London Derby's by their nature, they're, they are kind yeah. of like that. But uh, I suppose moving on then to Burnley versus uh, Burnley, Burnley versus Crystal Palace. Yeah, both both teams really in need of a win. Yeah, big time. Uh, it's, it really is a six pointer in a way. Yeah, even, yeah, it is. Burnley definitely need to start picking up points because the longer the season goes on, the more deflated it's going to come around there, the more pressure is going to be on company. I went for Burnley to win this because they're at home and because Palace seem to have absolutely zero goal threat, you know. Elise is out injured. Um, yeah, there just seems to be any threat coming from anywhere in the pitch. You know, their only hope now from getting a goal really is from corners, set pieces. And uh, moving on then to Everton take on, or taking on our home to uh, Brighton. This this is an interesting one, but yeah, you know we've seen what Everton did in the yeah. last game. So uh, you know, but they could get something out of this. But I mean, you, you know, I, I think Brighton would have learned a lot from the last game. And I think they'll tidy up that, and I think they're, they're they're capable of getting a win and go to some park. Yeah, I think if you look back on my fixtures throughout the year, I think I've Brighton nearly win every game except Man City. But yeah, they've only won win in seven, which is surprising. Yeah, you know, and as we said, like they play this great football, but you know they need to start picking up results. You know, it's all right saying yeah they play great football and they're lovely to watch, but it's a results based business, and uh, they need to not saying the manager's under pressure in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, they need to start winning games if they want to be classed as a, a top team. You know, a top six team. Yeah, they've a lot of work to do to get a lot of work to do. And uh, Manchester City t- taking on Bournemouth. <laughs> Look, even I, I think they they could send out their their second or third string team and still get a win on this one. Yeah, definitely. I was probably it's probably the worst fixture Bournemouth could have got. You know, coming off a, a great win. Yeah. Do you know? And if they got another fixture that was of a team around them, but yeah, to get Man City at home, you know, it's tough fixtures. So I think they just have to try and concede as little goals as possible and uh, yeah take that as a win if they come away with the two or three hundred feet I'd say that's a win for them that's it then Sheffield United take on Wolves Lucas Wolves will be buzzing even though it was a draw against Newcastle mm. that is still a very a, a very well deserved and a, and a very good uh, point to take into this game and you look really the way Wolves are playing you can't see anything, anything other than a, a Wolves win here yeah so impressed with Wolves last week they're They've kind of surprised me a bit this season. I, I think I predict them to go down this season. Mm-hmm. You know, with the new manager, Gary uh, Neal coming in. Um, and Neto's playing great stuff, but he got injured in the last few minutes of the game. Um, but still think they'll have enough, you know. Uh, Sheffield United, terrible result last week, you know. Mm-hmm. Shipping goals, shipping five last week against Arsenal. Um, yeah, this will be probably a game they probably think they could win, but I think just think uh, Wolves are a step ahead of them. And of course, look, this is an even Stevens type of game. Newcastle versus Arsenal, uh, both are in the top five. Uh, very good teams. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of a, it, it has that air of uh, honours even game about it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it just shows how far Newcastle have come along. Like you know that you can't pick a winner between but themselves. I think, and I think, I think uh, part of that though is Eddie Howe and yeah. how he is how he has united this team, invested wisely, but also the type of football. I think. Yeah. Uh, he has changed the, the type of football they're playing and the fans are very happy with that and uh, you, you know there's just everything just seems to be clicking for them yeah, yeah exactly yeah you know if you see them during the week the way they just dismantle Man United you know yeah. and like they've no I wouldn't say they've any world class player mm. but they've a lot of very very good players you know you've Wilson up front Isaac who was injured but like they're guaranteed to get your goals and then you've left and right back two uh, ex-Chelsea players you know, against United, they're just it's our first season there. 
they played yeah. exceptionally well the weekend like and mm. you know they're not big big names but they're just they're solid good. solid players yeah. that are going to put in you, you know you're guaranteed you're going to get 7, 8, 9 or 10 from there every week that's it mm. you know and they're, 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 they're a very good side mm. as well so um, uh, the next one is uh, Nottingham Forest versus Aston Villa now really um, you can't really see Forest Forest are coming into this game on the back of a, a defeat to Liverpool mm. uh, Villa very good form uh, very good form to date uh, this season as well um, you know it's it's uh, it's a very this is a very tough fixture for for for, for um, Nottingham Forest and you can't see it getting any easier for them anytime soon no exactly yeah Villa is just a different machine this year you know I was seeing a stat there this morning that um, they're behind Man City for points accumulation start of the year since uh, start of 23 Um you know, just have to be super impressed with the job Emery's doing. You know, just as I said about Newcastle, they just have really good, solid players. No world class players, but players that, again, you know, you're guaranteed they're going to give you put in a shift every week. And yeah, very impressed by Villa. So yeah, going for the Villa win. And uh, of course, then moving on then to Luton Town, are at home to Liverpool. Well, this is a Liverpool, uh, yeah. Liverpool. Uh, Win there, so uh, yeah. Look at the way Liverpool are playing at the moment. It's it's going to be very hard for, mm. for the for the defence to yeah. up Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. It's I'd it's, it's, it's say it'd be an easy win for Liverpool. Um, you know, you've Nunes hitting form at the right time. He got a super goal during the week. In after Crossbar, Jot is starting to pick up form again, and yeah, Liverpool moving along nicely. Trent, uh, uh, Alexander Trent. Uh, um, Alexander Trent Arnold is, is is really coming back again. He got a lot yeah. of criticism last season, but he's really doing well. He's he's doing his forward duties very well. Yeah. But he is getting back on. He is getting back on time to cover, and he's play. He can play in some brilliant yeah, crosses exactly. and as well. Yeah, exactly. But uh, he, he won't be. He don't think he's going to be tested this weekend. But yeah, he's in great form again. You know, he got a lot of criticism criticism last season, rightfully so. You know, his defending him wasn't great, but. Um, yeah, when he's putting balls into the box, it's very dangerous. And uh, yeah, and finally, then uh, Spurs versus Chelsea. Ooh, this is a this is a, a tough one for you. For you, no, this is yeah. I've gone for a draw for some reason. You know, I said at about the half two Saturday evening or Saturday afternoon, I said I'm never picking Chelsea to win again this season. Yeah. You know, they always let me down, but I've just gone for a draw because with the way Spurs set up and the football Spurs play. You know, there's going to be space in behind. It's the type of team Chelsea like playing. You know, if they can't play against, uh, we've discussed that they can't play against a team that sits back. Spurs are the opposite of that. Spurs are kind of all out attack. And you know, the longer Spurs unbeaten run goes on, the closer it comes to end. And I don't think Chelsea lend it, but I think they might get the draw. I'm hoping they hope more than expectation, but <laughs> the heart has to rule ahead. Fingers crossed as you. So the predictions for this weekend. My predictions are uh, Fulham versus Man United. I went for uh, I went for a draw on that one. Um, I think Lucas Fulham. You know uh, they got a draw the last day. I suppose you, you know that's that's a good draw. That's a good win. Um, a good that's as good as a win for them. I suppose yeah. uh, it's points on the board. Uh, Manchester United. Look, you know they have a good squad, but for me they're just not no, showing the form that can convince me they're they're they're, uh, they're capable. Uh, of getting uh, and the thing the thing with United as well is going on like and Keane touched on it the last day after the match. You know the part of the problem as well is their captain. Like you know if you look back at the Roy Keane era. You know, if you weren't putting in a shift, he was going to dig you out. But nowadays, you see Fernandez, and all you see is him flailing his hands around in the air, yeah. effing the head off the ref. 
giving out all the time, That's complaining. Not solve it's not going to solve it. And it's, it's just, it's not the captain the need at the right time. That's it. It's, uh, I mean, even last year, like in Liverpool, seven 0 draw instead of leading them and, and picking the scruff, picking yeah, by the scruff of the neck. Exactly. It's, oh, it's, it's someone else. It's fault. someone else's Exactly. Yeah, it's someone else's fault. Yeah. You know, he he hasn't been near the levels he has been last year. And he has to take someone's responsibility. But like, you'd imagine he should be the younger players should be looking up to him. Mm-hmm. And when they see that going on, you know what attitude is it to have? That's it. And uh, moving on then to uh, Brentford, Brentford versus West Ham. I actually went for a Brentford win on that. I think uh, mm. they just have the players. I think to share yeah. this and the performance. Uh, you, you know, um, the, the, yeah, yeah. You know that they can really. They, these are this West Ham is the type of team that they can take. Yeah, um, I think with the you know they just have that sharpness mm. and uh, you know they've a good goalkeeper. They've a good structure about them as well. Yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah, like Raya. David Raya left last year, this year to go to Arsenal and Ivan Tony suspended but yeah they've carried on the form it's like they're not missing them at all and uh, Burnley Burnley versus Crystal Palace I went for a draw on that one I think both teams look at they're coming back on the back of a bad result they're going into this on the back of a bad result I should say um, it's hard to see any, either team win this I think a draw is the best yeah exactly most likely outcome um, then the next up then is Everton versus Brighton I went for a Brighton win there I think that's kind of a, a, a more straightforward game but you know if maybe if Everton played like they played in the last game they might get a draw yeah I as I said no, I know, but like as we said, you know, we keep expecting Brighton to win. Yeah. And well, they have the players. Oh, they definitely have the players. Like, yeah, yeah. then they have the manager. They play. They've right football, but yeah, they just they're not. They don't seem to win as frequently as we thought they would. And that's an away game for Brighton. Mm, well, exactly. Because, yeah. Um, you know that that's going to be an interesting one. And uh, Manchester City versus uh, Bournemouth. I went for a Manchester City one. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's an obvious one yeah. there. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that one? For uh, I think that's okay. I, I think it'd be anyone. Uh, no one would uh, kind of disagree with that. No, no, exactly. <laughs> I think yeah, it's just they, if Bournemouth can keep it down to two or three, they'd be very happy. And uh, for Sheffield, Sheffield United versus Wolves, I went for a Wolves win. Um, I think you know based on their performances recently, I think that's a that's a fair that's a fair yeah. assumption. And uh, Newcastle United versus um, Arsenal, I went for a draw on that one. I think that's kind of a fi- like we said uh, when we were previewing the matches there. I think that's a that's a fair prediction. Yeah, it is a fifty fifty game in my eyes. Yeah. And uh, then on Sunday, then New um, Notts Forest versus Villa. I went for Villa on that one again on form. Uh, Notts Forest, where they're going to get a win, and uh, you know, in the next couple of games, mm. um, I think they're going to find it very hard against Aston Villa. Mm. I know they're. I know Notts Forest are at home, but it's hard to see passing Aston Villa win on that. Yeah, I think like we always talked about the you know the top. It was the top four, and then it became the top six, and Villa kind of were never really in the top six. Yeah. Teams, but I think they've definitely got their way into the top six and. If the season keeps going, they could be in the top four. That's it. And uh, then finally, then uh, yeah, New- Luton Town versus Liverpool. Look, it's hard to see anything other than a, a Liverpool win there. And uh, Spurs, <coughs> Spurs versus Chelsea. I went for a Spurs win. So- sorry, there, Ryan. Wilson. No, <laughs> I can I can understand your logic to it anyway. Yeah, that's it. So. Um, so yeah. So we'll, we go on to Brian's at the end. Our. Um, Sorry, Dara's at the end. Um, so, uh, Emer Tully's pr- predictions are uh, Fulham versus uh, Fulham versus Man United. She went for uh, Man United. Brentford versus West Ham. Uh, a draw. Burnley versus um, Crystal Palace went for Crystal Palace. Everton versus Brighton went for Everton. Or sorry, went for Brighton. Uh, Man City versus Bournemouth went for Man City. 
Uh, Sheffield United versus Wolves went for Wolves. Newcastle United uh, versus uh, Arsenal went for a draw on that. Uh, Sunday then, Notts Forest versus uh, Aston Villa went for an Aston Villa win. Spur, uh, Luton Town versus Liverpool went for um, a Liverpool win there. And Spurs versus Chelsea went for a Chelsea win. Uh, no sorry a Spurs win mm. and then moving on to Martins now and uh, Martin went for uh, a Man United win against Fulham uh, Brentford versus uh, West, West Ham United that was a draw uh, Burnley versus uh, Crystal Palace a draw Everton versus um, Brighton a draw Man City versus Bournemouth went for um, a Man City win uh, Sheffield United versus Wolves went for a Wolves win Newcastle United versus Arsenal went for a draw uh, Sunday then Notts Forest versus Aston Villa went for a draw Newcastle or sorry Luton Luton versus Liverpool went for a Liverpool draw and uh, Tottenham Hotspur versus Chelsea went for a draw that's an interesting one mm. uh, Noel, Noel's predictions then is um, Fulham versus Man United went for Man United Brentford versus West Ham went for a draw uh, Burnley versus Crystal Palace went for a Palace win um Everton versus uh, Everton versus Brighton went for a Brighton win. Man City versus Bournemouth went for Man City. Uh, Sheffield United versus Wolves went for Wolves. Newcastle versus Arsenal went for Arsenal. Uh, Sunday then there's uh, Nottingham Forest versus Villa went for Villa. Luton Town versus um, versus Liverpool went for Liverpool and Spurs versus uh, Chelsea went for Spurs and uh, his dad Eugene Walsh uh, went for mm-hmm. Manchester United to win against Fulham uh, West Ham to, to beat Brentford uh, Crystal Palace to beat Burnley Brighton to beat uh, Everton Man City to beat Bournemouth uh, Sheffield United to beat Wolves and uh, Newcastle, or, um, Arsenal to beat uh, Newcastle United on Sunday then Villa to beat Notts Forest Liverpool to beat Luton and Spurs to beat Chelsea and uh, so if you, if you take it away there uh, Brian and uh, do your yours and your mum's predictions there oh, I'll do my predictions first I went for Fulham Man United I went for a draw uh, Brentford West Ham went for a draw Burnley v Palace I went for Burnley Everton v Brighton went for Brighton Man City v Bournemouth Man City Sheffield United v Wolves went for Wolves Newcastle v Arsenal I went for a draw uh, Nottingham Forest v Aston Villa Aston Villa Luton Town v Liverpool I went for Liverpool and Spurs and Chelsea I went for a draw and um, Mary Collins predictions uh, Fulham v Man United a draw Brentford v West Ham West Ham Burnley v Crystal Palace a draw Everton v Brighton Brighton win Man City v Bournemouth Man City win Sheffield United v Wolves draw Newcastle v Arsenal an Arsenal win Notts Forest v Aston Villa Aston Villa win Luton v Liverpool Liverpool win and Spurs v Chelsea a draw that's it and um, then for Dara's Dara's predictions just before you you, you go through yours there um, Dara Dara's predictions are the first four fixtures he went for all draws first four matches all draws he went also for Man City Wolves Newcastle Villa Liverpool and Spurs. So, uh, yeah. So going through your uh, going through your ones there. Um, yeah, I sort of talked to them already. Just yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. So we go through. Uh, we've we've a few other things to discuss as well. Um, you know, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be very interesting. And uh, let me see what are we here. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm uh, I'm actually going to read out the uh, 
the results for the results and fixtures for the uh, for the uh, Roscommon District League for this weekend, and they are as follows. Sorry, just bear with me one moment, and uh, we have them up. Yeah, so uh, for for this weekend, then uh, for the third of. Uh, Sunday, Saturday, yeah. So the the weekend, last weekend's results are Kilkerny United versus uh, Shivan was uh, was postponed. Uh, on Saturday, then uh, the in the Roscommon District Football League um, reserves re- the results are Roscommon United won, uh, Boyle Boyle won, and uh, Moore United versus CP Ajax was postponed. Um, Shivan Shivan Uni- Shivan Rovers versus Balnagar Manor. Uh, that was a 5 0 win on uh, for Balnagar Manor. That game was played on Thursday. Uh, Chevy or uh, Sky Valley Rovers nil, Dunmore Town four. And uh, moving on then to Sunday, um, a game I was involved with as a physio. Um, Sligo Sligo Leitrim four and uh, Roscommon District Football League nil. Yeah, not a, not a good day at the the office. We had a good start, uh, and then we unfortunately we gave away a penalty. Um, then look, they were kind of the the better team. Uh, then throughout, although you know the, the uh, coming up to half time, things were changed tactically, uh, change of formation, and uh, then then in the second half, two subs were brought on, made a bit of a difference, but and played much better in the second half. But uh, you know, a four a four nil win is a, or a four nil uh, goal, uh, four, four nil. Um, Lead is very hard to kind of come back from, uh, so and that game was in uh, is, was in McSherry Park. Moving back to Roscommon and District League in uh, the Roscommon District Football League North, Ballinagar Manor versus Ballymore was postponed. Kilkerny United one, Dunmore Town uh, three, Ballyhadrine three, Clunfad United two, and in the south in the south division then um, Sky Valley Rovers four. St. Coons won and Moyla versus Cam, Sel- Cam Dysart was uh, postponed and then also Rahari Rovers 2 and St. John's Athletic 3 and uh, that was 11am and uh, St. Coons of Haskell 3 Boyle Celtic 3 or sorry St. Coons of Haskell nil Boyle Celtic 3 and Cam Celtic versus Ballinasloe Town was postponed. So the uh, the fixtures for this weekend are uh, Kilkern United versus in Coons of Hasker. That takes place uh, tonight at uh, uh, this is in the Women's League. Kilkern United versus St. Coons of Hasker at uh, eight pm. Shivan Rovers versus uh, Castlery Celtic uh, is at eight a, is at eight pm. Tomorrow then uh, in the Premier Division, uh, Moor United versus. Um, Shivan Rovers that's that's postponed um, Cassidy Celtic versus uh, Balmasso Town is postponed uh, so Sunday in the North Division then and uh, Dunmore Town take on Glen Celtic and that has an 11 or sorry an 8pm uh, kick off there that's tomorrow night and uh, in the um, in the FAI Junior Cup uh, Strand Hills uh, Strand Celtic take on Sheffield uh, or uh, sorry um, take on Balmasso Town uh, Westport Westport United take on uh, Carter United, Moor um, United take on Manola, at, uh, and uh, of course uh, Castlebar Celtic take on Carberry, and all those games have a two p.m. kickoff. And then uh, in the Premier Division, then on Sunday, then there's St John's Athletics versus um, 
versus Boyd Celtic that's postponed CPA Jacks take on Balhadrine at 2pm and Kilcarn uh, are away to Clunfad that's at 2pm and Ballymore uh, take on um, Balhadrine B and that's at 11am and uh, finally in the South Division Rahara Rovers take on Sky Valley, uh, Sky Valley at 11 and uh, Cam Celtic take on St. Cousa-Haskra at 11 as 11am and in the Women's League Balhadrine versus Cam Celtic is postponed and um, Balhadrine Town take on uh, Boyle Celtic and that is at 2 o'clock and the rest of the games are next week so there you go that's that's up to date and uh, now we'll go on to our our usual schedule of uh, you know what, uh, what we think is uh, our, what we're going to be uh, what we're going to be um, going to be doing and I suppose we'll kick off with uh, a preview of the or a review I should say of the um, of the uh, the World Cup the World Cup final it was uh, it was hard hitting like we predicted two very physically mm-hmm. built teams two very shrewd teams I think you know going into it it, it was a you would have everyone would have said it was going to be a, a, an even Stevens game not a whole pile not a whole pile in between mm-hmm. the two of them um, I suppose yeah it's it's you know I, I suppose the key to it was South Africa had a, had a good start and of course with the with the captain with the New Zealand's captain being sent off that didn't help their but to be fair I suppose when you when you look at it throughout the match they were South Africa yeah. were the better team you know yeah I think the the big thing to take away is like you know the South African management they're not afraid to make big big decisions you know to go on the seven one on the bench but the decision to um Changed the out half, you know. Libak didn't even get in the twenty-three. Um, yeah, but like just completely switched the out half. Who, apart from Steph Troy, you know, kicked kicked most of the points to win the game. Um, but it was never going to be a, a high-scoring tri-fest. You know, these two teams have ferocious defence, um, and you know you never want to see um, a final, a player getting sent off the final. But I don't think the ref was. Well, left any other choice, you know. It was a crazy tackle. Like they weren't even they weren't even out. They're in their own twenty-two, and just went in with the the armor connect to the head. Um, crazy decision, and ultimately what what cost uh, New Zealand. But like to play as well as they did, uh, for been down to uh, ten men for most of the game, or down to fourteen men for most of the game. You know, you have to admire them, but maybe it was a, a step too far. That's it, and of course, uh, you know it's. Uh, and I suppose, really, before we leave that, just a, a general review of the of the World Cup, uh, all the matches. Well, the the key matches, I suppose, throughout. Yeah, some great games, you know, um, but also some disappointing, you know, results. You know, there was a lot of beatings handed out. You know, a lot of games like teams running 11, 12, 13 tries. There's a big, big gulf between the tier one and the tier two nations, but. Um, some surprise impact as well you know you have to be you have to be very happy with uh, Portugal's performances you know no one expected much coming out of them you know and they put in a few great performances um. I suppose would you say that they're kind of the story of the World Cup you know the way like every team every World Cup has that team I suppose in the yeah. last World Cup it was, it was Japan. Japan yeah yeah exactly yeah, I think they have a lot to take away from it but yeah I think the story to take away from the World Cup I think is how bad uh, Australia have gone yeah. You know, they've really regressed. Um do you know, before the World Cup Eddie Jones had set the seeds up for failure, you know. He said they weren't ready for this World Cup, they were 
thinking for the Lions tour in two years time and then the World Cup in four years time and when you're manager with that attitude you know the players must be looking around saying he must have no faith in us yeah you have no faith in us like and um, just listen to the pundits after them when they were knocked out you know rugby in New Zealand or in Australia is in an awful bad place you know uh, the attendance of the matches um, down way down you know I think it could be the fourth um, most fourth watch sport in the country you know and if you look 10 years ago when they were flying high um, it was the most popular sport in the country um, but one more thing to take away from the um, from the World Cup was the uh, the referees you know the the decisions um, with contact to the head you know much like the soccer you didn't know what decision they were going to make up Yeah, you know you seen uh, Curry the first week uh, everyone thought that was a very harsh red card and then you know a week later the same tackle was a yellow card yeah um, lack of consistency then yeah exactly because if you know if you look back if you look back at the final you know there was a it was a two point win or something like that um, and you've seen the decision from Wayne Barnes you know there was a, a perfectly good turnover by Ardy Savea um, but Wayne Barnes gave a penalty to South Africa and then the tack- the, it came up on the big screen the tackle and just before the kick Wayne Barnes said that he made the wrong decisions but let the kick be taken and the yeah. kick went over yeah. Pollard put the kick over you know the win by you know I know it was early on in the match it was in the first half but they won by two points so um, not to be too critical of the refs you know, it's a very hard game to referee do you know but uh, yeah I think some of the decisions over the World Cup were, were strange enough now that's it and uh, then also moving on to the county final uh, the Castle St. Kevin's had a had a when uh, they won the title, there's common intermediate football county title beating uh, beating Errol by uh, by a point. Uh, myself and Thomas Callan will be talking about that. Thomas played cornerback last Sunday against Errol, and that will be part of the the basketball. Yeah, Errol uh, will be bitterly disappointed with that result. Yeah, you know, leading the whole way through, um, five points up. I think in the second half, coming into the the second half you know and Castries hit a purple patch you know they held in there stuck in there um, hit a purple patch and uh, yeah great score you know to get the win the last kick of the game no better time to get it and uh, yeah a rogue two years in a row now losing by points but, but I mean if you look at the last five six years um, you know it took to, it took uh, Oren three goals to get yeah. out of it and Dominic's two goals and even like uh, you know Sevfolias were always always um, senior. Then they went down to intermediate. Yeah. Didn't get it, it. took two. It took two goals to get out to get out of the intermediate. It's a testament to how tough this, how tough the grade exactly. is. Exactly. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you know, the thing is for Aerog now is to you know dust themselves down in the winter and try and go at it again next year. You know, it's not going to be easy. Just because you got to the final two years in a row doesn't mean you get a ticket now to go up next year. Absolutely. It's going to be just as hard. Um, yeah, so hopefully, because I've you know, been from Balladrine, I know a few of the lads on the team, You know, I know the effort they put in. Yeah. Um, they put in just as much as the senior teams put in. Um, didn't get the reward this year, but uh, hopefully next year 
they'll get up. That's it. And we'd like to we'd like to wish uh, Castlery St. Kevin's all the best uh, against the uh, the Sligo champions when they're when they're playing in that. And uh, in, in the Junior A final, then St. Michael's bet uh, bet Clan Gale to win the Junior A title as well. And uh, Ballina Stevenites um, bet briefly in the in the Mayo County Senior Football County Final, which was and. Uh, um, Seamus, Seamus was at it and he said it was one of the worst it was the, the worst final he had seen county final he had seen in years you were looking at us as well yeah as a me old man like you know if, uh, after last year's you know the performance of the lads you know only getting to the quarter finals of the the senior championship um, it, when you see this county final you know you have to be scratching your head yeah. wondering where's me old football going because like um it's it it's going to be remembered for all the wrong reasons, you know. It, yeah. Um, you know, you can't blame conditions. Conditions were perfect for this time of year. There was no rain. There was no wind. Um, yeah, just nothing seemed to go right for either team. Um, was it a, def- a sort of a defensive type it, game, like where both teams were very defensive, and that's why the I, but that's, score nah, that's just the modern day football. Modern day football is just the this basic skill level was extremely poor. Like the ga- the game was summed up by the last play, you know. Brafey had a sideline ball, two points down. They needed it lobbed into the box. The fella, the guy taking the kick, skewed off the outside of his left, went out over the end line. Referee blew it up. Um, so if you're a Mio fan and you're trying to get positive for the year ahead, um, I wouldn't watch that game back because it's not, it's not one for the ages. Like John Mahon said at the end of it it's the worst game he's seen and he saw he actually mentioned that the president for the GA was there and he said if he's looking at this game hopefully he'll bring in a few rules to change the game because it seems to be dying a death yeah, you know? I mean, you see the, the thing, and here's another thing. Imagine if this if this starts coming into fo- into county football as well. That that would, re- you know, yeah. It, it, I, I think it is a lot to do with the rules as well. But I mean, the players are, you know, it's down to the players. Yeah. I think there's too much. It's very, it's all about possession now, as opposed to yeah, exactly. And the thing with the county final last year, like Aidan O'Shea had been the player of the tournament up until this stage, like, and they started him uh, full forward, and the ball wasn't going in, and he was nullified in there. And then he came out on the middle, couldn't get on the ball. So it was a tricky day for him, a tricky day for Brafey, you know. It's hard to see if they're ever going to get over the line. Um, but as Parkour said after the game, um, he doesn't care, you know. It's about they, winning. It's about winning. Yeah. If they go on and win the Connacht, they're not going to look back at how they but, won but, the... But, but to be fair, in the games ahead, if they play like... Oh, they're they're be, not, they're gone and oh they'll, be, like, they'll be better out the gate, you know, yeah. If they, if, they're, if they come up against the, the Galway champions or whoever yeah, yeah. they're playing, but, like the, Galway will, the Galway champions are... Yeah, but hopefully when, when they go out, they put in a better performance and, you know, this was just a once-off. And yeah, you'd like to... Hopefully, hopefully now, as yeah. a Mio supporter, yeah. hopefully that's not the standard we have in the county. That's it. And uh, moving on then to uh, the Tipperary County Final and Kildangan uh, bet, uh, bet Thurlis Sarsfield after a replay in the Tipperary Senior Hurland County Final. And in Tipperary, or in uh, Kilkenny then, O'Loughlin Gales beat, uh, beat Ballyhale Shamrocks to win the Kilkenny title. That, that's an interesting one. Uh, I suppose every couple of years then so, someone new comes along. Um, they obviously did their homework. It was a, a great match by by all accounts. And um, yes, yeah, so moving on then, the Republic of Ireland ladies footballers, they're, they're really impressed now. They're, they're unbeaten since they came back from the World Cup. Change of management. I believe there's great vibes around the camp and uh, it's great to see it. 
Yeah, it is mighty to see it. You know, um, you know, when they came off the back of the World Cup, you know, there was uh, big problems. You know, they put in good performance in the World Cup. I think they were just unlucky with the group they got. Yeah, you know, and they did play good football in but the. Also, the, the thing people need to notice as well is it was their first World Cup. They're, they're, these are teams that are the the, the top of the top, and uh, you know. But I think they learn a lot. So if they win the qualify or if they qualify for another World Cup or another European Championship, <coughs> that that will stand to them. Absolutely, yeah. But it, like, if if when the World Cup ended, you know, the supporters were happy. Yeah. But as the weeks went on and the the noise came out of the camp. That they weren't happy with the the management situation. Yeah. Uh, maybe results could have been different, and that the players themselves expected more from that World Cup. And you know we've got a new manager in there, um, and the girls have turned out some terrific results. You know five nil the week before, um, you know one nil this week in dreadful conditions. Yeah. The game had to be abandoned for I think it was a half an hour. Yeah. That was, that was, for that the was. water, but. Uh, you know when you've got a player like Katie McCabe in your team unreal you see the goal she scored for Arsenal yeah she got two unreal yeah, yeah. two belters you know she's not to big her up too much but she's the Lionel Messi of our team like you know mm-hmm. everything goes through her and rightfully so you know she can do anything with the football um, so yeah um, I think if they win I think if they win one more they've qualified for the Euros That's next year you know it's great for Irish football it's great for the development in the country you know if you see young girls you know Katie McCabe is the poster girl for Irish soccer now and everyone that's playing soccer wants to be the next Katie McCabe that's it and uh, yeah long, long may it continue so next up uh, we have uh, we have um, as we as we always do we have a rugby view with myself and uh, and Adrian Letty talking about all things rugby and that's coming up after this Hello everyone, how are you doing? And you're very welcome to this week's Rugby View with myself, Aidan Rafferty. And of course, about to talk about all things rugby with us, we have uh, Adrian Leddy from Craig's Rugby Club. Hello Adrian, how are you? Are you well? Uh, good afternoon, Aidan. All, all good, yeah? Uh, that's good, that's good. And uh, I suppose we start off, as we always do, uh, with Craig's Rugby. And uh, of course, we start off with the mini with the mini rugby section. And of course, that's... Uh, that's really in action now again. It's starting to fly with, uh, I suppose, blitzes and training and different things like that. And of course, it's uh, now kind of in national schools as well, isn't it? Uh, the, the mini rugby to to kind of get the kids in at that at that early age as well. There is really ta- it really has taken off it, and uh, the biggest problem is to, uh, to have enough of pitches, have enough of coaches. And all, uh, and every club I'm talking to, they have been run over with the amount of uh, of young boys and girls that uh, that wants to take up rugby uh, uh, this year. Um, I, maybe it's uh, it's like when Wimbledon is on, everybody wants to take up a tennis racket. Maybe <laughs> it is when the World Cup is on and the weather um, reasonably mild, um, even though it might be wet, but it's mild. Uh, that a lot of young boys and girls just want to get out there and take up a rugby ball but it's great it's great uh, at the present time and there's we have had uh, massive numbers uh, as you rightly says there the blitzes have started uh, we uh, we had the visit of Claire Morris last weekend um, they, they brought, brought a great crowd of young boys and girls to the club and you know it's, it's a very very enjoyable morning now with them uh, in, in Craig's and then they uh, under twelves, um, boys and girls, they departed uh, from, from after playing in in the, 
in in the Blitz in the in the morning. They departed for the sports ground then to, uh, that they were on show uh, with a, with a game at half time. Uh, the boys and girls uh, and uh, again uh, when uh, in the sports ground when Connacht uh, at half time when when Connacht and Glasgow game uh, was on. So you know it was a great occasion for them. And also at half time, you had the uh, the Connacht uh, winners of the under eighteen uh, inter inter pro the boys, and you had also the girls under eighteens. Uh, they they uh, won all their games in the under eighteens as well. So it was great uh, for our um, boys and girls to to meet their their uh, under eighteen counterparts, and maybe someday that they that they will. Uh, uh, take that road, even uh, like we had uh, under sixty and blitz uh, uh, for Connacht in in the club um, there on Wednesday, and uh, there was a great turnout of of uh, of young players and uh, Craig said seven or eight on one of the teams. So you know this is it. Uh, you know that uh, that there's a great opportunity for for these young players and to get that opportunity to play on the. 4G pitch in, in the sports ground. It was absolutely fantastic. And to have a, a major crowd there uh, watching them. And, and the, the parents and all have, um, was there. They met the, they met the kind of players after the game. There was great excitement, especially with the Halloween and face painting and all, all sorts going, going on. So it was a great day out and having talked to quite a lot of the parents, uh, they really enjoyed it and they uh, you know they thanked us uh, for all the work that we're doing in in Craig's and for for uh, putting on the show in the sports ground as well. And of course, look, it, it all starts with the the mini rugby, and who knows where you know as the years go on where it takes them. But uh, you know, it's like any any player that makes a big that makes the Ireland team or that makes the their their inter provincial team or no matter how how high they go on or you know in in rugby. They always turn around and they always remember the club that it started off, and that's like be it Craig's Buccaneers, whatever. And that that's nice as well. And then sometimes when they when they um so, some of the players or most of the players, I suppose, uh, when they retire, then they they give back to the clubs and uh, they they go back to coaching at the clubs at various dis- different ages. So it's great to see them giving back as well. And uh, I suppose that's the way it should be. But it, it's a testament to um I suppose those players. Uh, appreciation for what was done for them, you know, it's nice that they that they have that in them that they want to they want to give back, and that's that's a great thing to see. Oh, it is, yeah. You know, like when their when their own sons and daughters come along and that there too, when that parents uh, uh, that would have played rugby uh, in Craig's would, uh, as you say, uh, in rightly they they come back and get involved in the club, and we like uh, we're always open to parents uh, getting involved and you know no better place to get involved now with the kind of numbers that we have we need as many parents to to help out on Saturday mornings as uh, possible because this weekend alone we have up to 200 uh, uh, young boys and girls coming from Sligo for uh, further blitz and Craigs and you know like where you have nearly up to 400 uh, young boys and girls in Craigs uh, it's a, it takes a lot of, of handling working out pitches uh Getting them, you know, uh, uh, getting them organised into games and getting referees and so on. So there's a lot, there's a lot of work in it. So 
you know, we welcome all the help and, uh, and that we can get on a, on a Saturday morning. And it'll be all the more enjoyable for their young boys and girls if they give a hand out themselves as well. And of course, the parents get to meet other parents as well. And it's that's the social aspect for the parents as well as the kids, which, which is great. Oh, absolutely. You know, they're... they're you know they can chat away there. It's not. It's not a a, a very high powered uh, thing. It's uh, you know. It's uh, at this stage. The you know. It's all for the enjoyment of their of their sons or daughters. So uh, we we like to be able to add to the enjoyment as much as possible and to see that they're that they're all looked after and uh, and it's it's a great opportunity for for parents. Uh, to, to meet up and to meet new people from from the d- different parts of the Craig's catchment area uh, that, that they mightn't have known before. So, and uh, yeah, apart from they're going to maybe different schools uh, around the area, and that's you know it's, a, it's it's lovely for to to see them all there on a on a, on a Saturday morning. And of course, you know, I touched on it there earlier on and you just mentioned it there again. That's a key component to uh, the rugby family as well, um, is the uh, is the actual schools for, uh, you know, because lads, that kids that might be, that are going to school, um, you know, they might think about about their club, they just kind of like to play it in school or whatever. And then someone, a coach going from Craig's Rugby Club going into the schools, uh, you know, it's it's good for the kids to see that they, they'll be invited to all these things, and that's kind of where it starts at that age, which which is great. And uh, I suppose that takes us on to uh, the underage. You know, the underage the, the, the point that they're making there is great. You know, the the schools are uh, are a huge uh, asset to to uh, uh, Craig's Rugby Club, and this is the reason that we put in so much effort and. Uh, in, into the schools and you know to have uh, a lot of the schools in the catchment area playing rugby um, they're entered into school competitions a lot of the school competitions are running side by side uh, uh, midweek um, uh, games are, are on and also you have it you know with the girls in the convent um, and you know it's great to have it in for, for both boys and girls and then they're they're all uh, mixing like we had games there between um, the schools in Ballygar and Craig's there uh, only only during the week and you know, it's, uh, all this type of interaction is um, absolutely fantastic and it's a great benefit uh, to to the club and you know they, uh, since we got um, uh, a lot of the schools involved and gone into the schools they're the backbone of the of the first team at the moment that uh, you know the the players have come through uh, from the local schools, and it's uh, it's lovely to see uh, that you know the it has, and also it has improved the the standard of uh, rugby as well. That's great, yeah. And of course, like like I was just saying there as well, the the underage structure um, that's been busy as well over the weekend uh, in Craig's Rugby Club. Yeah, you have a lot, you have a lot of youth games going on, Aidan, uh, at the present time. You know, it's you know when you. When you start off at under thirteen with youths, and you have every age group uh, up uh, uh, within Craig's up to eighteen, then at that stage, so like it's a lot of it's a lot of games, a lot of players involved, and a lot of coaches again involved. And you know, thanks to all the coaches and management uh, for organising all these particular teams, and they do a great job at it. You know, they're they're all very enthusiastic uh, for for their particular team and. 
they, you know, they make the effort to travel to Galway, Ballina, Connemara, Carrick and Shannon, Sligo, all the different parts uh, to play games on on a Saturday or a Sunday. So it's a fair commitment. Uh, it's like you can take it that anyone that takes it on that their that their whole Saturday or Sunday is gone uh, when they're away with a particular team, and then to give one or two nights a week uh, to youth train as well. So there's a lot of there's a lot of work in it, but the the club. Uh, gets the benefits of it. The young, the young boys and girls gets the benefit of it as well. So, um, they, you know, now that we have a, a women's senior team up and running, it's just a, a, another extra team there that uh, that we have to have enough of manpower to to uh, look after. So, um, all, all all is good uh, with with the numbers involved uh, in 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 playing in playing the game at the present time. And of course, with, with the, um, I, I suppose, you know, first and foremost at underage level and at youth level and indeed at mini rugby level, it, it's it's all about having it enjoy, you know, enjoyable, but it being enjoyable for the kids. But, uh, you know, to be fair, like when you look over the last couple of years and, you know, this season and the, probably the season ahead, um, you know how successful the underage teams are and, uh, you know, they're, they're going, they're going well again this season as well. Uh, you know the underage teams are doing well and winning matches as well, so that's a, that's an extra bonus for the kids. Obviously, as I said, first and foremost, it's about enjoying it, and then the bonus is when they win matches. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. But as you say, it's uh, at mini rugby and youth level. It's all about enjoyment, really. You know, and, yeah. uh, getting out there, you know, and and meeting friends, and you know, getting get getting involved, and it's a great way, you know, that the, in society. Uh, all sports and that there, and you know, is is good for young boys and girls, and it keeps them out of trouble and keeps them involved, and it it does develop them for for life in in relation to meeting people, dealing with people, dealing with winning and losing, and so on. Like it's it's um, it's a fantastic uh, uh, for for uh, education for boys and girls uh, sporters. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, I suppose we're dealing with authority as well as in like you know the the authority from the ref as in him applying the rules. That's a, that's kind of another kind of skill, I suppose. Uh, maybe that people might realise or kind of, it's kind of like an undercurrent there that that kind of goes unnoticed. But it, it it is true though. They you know through dealing with referees and the de- referees dealing with uh the players it it is a key skill in like dealing how to um how to take authority and how to respect uh people in authority as well which is essential too with well, right so yeah uh, that that is correct Ian, and particularly in rugby um rugby is very very strict and has a has a good um a good record in 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 the, in, in this particular field of making sure that the discipline and the, they respect they they respect uh, for uh, their coaches uh, for their management uh, for the referees for the club uh, and so on like you know and even you know even getting down to uh, it and making sure that the dressing room that they go into is this is left the same way as they as they went into it that they clean up and that afterwards and you know all various little disciplines that they that they. Uh, that they have to do, and um, it's it's all good ed- education for them uh, for 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 life going down the road. And of course, that brings us on to the first and seconds team, and uh, you know it's 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 good to see the lads, uh, 
you know, getting back and get, kind of getting, really getting into it in earnest now in, into the season as well. Yeah, like there's been a couple of league games and that they're played. Uh, last weekend was a free weekend uh, for for club rugby, both at, at club, uh, at college level and at AIA level. Uh, that it was agreed at the beginning of the year. And once the, the, the final for the World Cup was, the date was out. Uh, that to be no rugby on that particular weekend, so uh, no senior rugby on that weekend. So our first and, and uh, our first and second team had a had a break, but they you know they developed it into a kind of a training uh, weekend as well, and um, a lot of training going on during the week, uh, both for the first and seconds. Uh, uh, at the present time, both of them have, have big games coming coming up. Uh, uh, the Craig's uh, first team uh, they have no game this weekend but they're they're waiting on uh, a big game against Connemara in um, on, on Saturday week so or Saturday or Sunday week so that's uh, that's going to be um, you know a big game of, of the season that game is going to be in Craig's and uh, one game that we always look forward to they're, they're, we hold uh, Connemara in very high respect um, and uh, we we look forward to, to to that game. So you know, there's 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 a good lot of um, rugby yet to be played, and um, you know, we're just in the uh, the middle of the the first part of the of the season this side of Christmas, and to try and get a number of victories under your belt, both both at first and seconds in the league, uh, would be very helpful. You know, that's it, and uh, I suppose that takes us on now to. AIL, the, the teams that are involved uh, from from around Connacht that are playing in the AIL, the likes of Buccaneers, I suppose, um, you know, Carrick Rugby Club, Sligo, um, Galwegians, um, you know, teams like that. Uh, how, how have things been going on at that level? Well, uh, yeah, as I said, they're, they're, they're trying to strengthen their squads as much as possible. Buccaneers have hit a, a rocky road having lost the first three games and uh, you know they have a a big game coming up, a home game coming up this weekend, and they're honouring uh, dinner beforehand uh, for their their great stalwart Irish stalwart that got a cap, got his cap there only recently for a game that he played uh, against Argentina, and he was never given his cap, but he was awarded his cap in 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 Dublin um, at the at the English game, and uh, Buccaneers is going to honour him on. Uh, on uh, this Saturday in 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 the club, and you know Leo Galvin has been a great stalwart uh, for rugby. He has uh, been president of the Connacht Rugby. He represented Connacht uh, um, uh, Rugby for let's say thirteen, fourteen years uh, at IRFU level. You know he he's been one of the most respected people uh, within within uh, Canada within Irish rugby, and it's great to see him. Uh, been been honoured in this way, and you know Buccaneers. Let's hope that they will uh, get get back on track and get a win uh, on, under their belt. There, under twenties is going on well, and um, other teams in the club, uh, Sligo uh, going well. They lost their last game, but uh, they're they're uh, uh, up near the top of the table. And, and similar with Galwegians and Corinthians. Corinthians um, are, are showing very well at the at the present time. Barana struggling no more than Buccaneers uh, in in the in the AIL. So uh, we'd like to see Barana get a few points on the board as well. Uh, Carrick and Shannon 
Um, they're, they're hoping to get a game out this weekend. Uh, they had no game last weekend either, and get back on get back on track in the in the in the Connacht League. So, yeah, all all is good uh, within within uh, uh, all, all the all the teams. And again, all these clubs have youth teams, uh, women's teams, and we're all we're all coming up against one another. And the, it's you know the good comradeship and. Players that you know, coaches and all, they would have played against. Uh, they're meeting up on the sideline now and they have their sons and daughters and that they're playing. So there's a bit of banter that way, and it's it's a very healthy uh, situation as well. So it's good uh, good to have that with your with your neighbouring clubs um, uh, when when you meet up. That's it, and that takes us on to to Connacht then, and uh, a great win for Connacht over uh, Glasgow Warriors at the weekend, and. Uh, you know that, that that's a great start to the season for them. Yeah, two great wins, uh, two two mid midday fixtures uh, on the last two Saturdays uh, in in the sports ground. Uh, uh, we're fortunate enough this season that we've got three home fixtures to start the season off. Um, we had the win first victory in the in 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 the RC against Ospreys, and then a fantastic win against Glasgow. Glasgow. Had a lot of their internationals back. It was a very strong Glasgow team. Uh, they already had defeated Leinster the previous week, so you know it was great to um, to get get a win uh, over Glasgow in the sports club. We played we played exceptionally uh, well during during the game, um, uh, both forwards and and backs. It was a, it was a high scoring game, and um, at the same time, uh, we'd probably have to tighten up our defence now going into. Uh, this weekend again, it's a uh, the game is on uh, this Saturday, uh, Saturday, uh, the Saturday evening at seven thirty in the sports ground, and we <coughs> again against our uh, own province Ulster. So Ulster have had a few new silence during the year, and they, so some of them would be starting against uh, against Connacht. So. Um, I, I think I don't not sure that there's any the internationals back for Ulster, but um, Connor will have no, won't have any internationals back uh, for for this Saturday. But again, you know, we we um, our in the season last year we defeated Ulster up up in uh, Ravenhill in Belfast in King's Span Stadium, and we we'll hope that we'll we we'll continue that way over Ulster and have a, another win and. Uh, that would be three. To be great, to get three home wins in 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 the sports ground for the for the beginning of the season. That's it. And I suppose um, when you look looking at the team, it was a very interesting uh, team selection as well. Uh, but I suppose as Roscommon men, I suppose the the most pleasing thing was uh, to see Dennis Buckley uh, start being in the team as well and be, being involved once again because um, he was out long term. So it's good to see him back on the pitch again. Yeah, absolutely. Dennis is one of our own and Greg's and Roscommon. And uh, it's lovely to see uh, Dennis and the, the you know, the um, the Moran brothers and uh, the, uh, you know, Jack was out injured. Uh, hopefully the Jack will be back now for the, the Ulster game. He got a facial injury. So um, I'm told that it's, uh, that he's well on the way to recovery and hope that he'll be, that he'll be fine for, for this Saturday. That, that's the, Situation that you will have uh, knocks at this time of the season, and you'll be minus certain players. But you know, in fair in fairness, that 
um, they they struck in very well, and um, you know a number of play, other players came up to came up to the mark uh, last uh, last Saturday, and it was a great too, a great honour uh, that across the way in in Paris that we had a Connor player in in Boniaki, uh, up for nomination for uh, World Cup Player of the of the, of the year. Now he didn't make it, but he was in the the top three nominations. So like it was a great honour for Bundy and his wife to be present at the big function in 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 uh, Paris. And it was nice that uh, uh, that it wasn't that Andy Farrell um, was named uh, the World Coach of the Year. So a uh, great tribute to to Andy and uh, the great work that he is doing at 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 national level and. Uh, you know, with bringing players in from the various provinces and developing them there, like uh, uh, the 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 lot of the players come back uh, better players uh, to the province, having been with the uh, national side. And of course, that brings us on to uh, the World Cup final itself, which was a, a tough physical encounter. Which I suppose, but when, when you see the build of these two teams, uh, South Africa and um, South Africa and New Zealand All Blacks, you know it was it was kind of expected. But I suppose uh, before we go on to that, we have to mention uh, Wayne Barnes refereed uh, his last match there, and that was the World Cup final. Um, you know what 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 a way to go out uh, to hang up your whistle, as it said on RT there today. Um, you know, but look, he, he went out on a high, but he, he was one of the. He was one of the um, one of the top referees in the game as well at, at international level. Yeah, yeah. Wayne Barnes, uh, I know him personally. I've met him uh, on a number of occasions. Is uh, uh, one of the uh, top World Cup uh, referees. We might not always uh, in Ireland have seen eye to eye with him uh, in some of the decisions makings, but. You know that's a, neither has the All Blacks this time. They have questioned a number of his decisions as well. So uh, that's the thing with uh, uh, referees. You don't you don't always get it right. They have a lot of help now with uh, playbacks and uh, TMO and so on. Comparison to when when uh, uh, he started off referee and first, but uh, but Wayne uh, has stood the test of time, and you know it was a great honour for him. Uh, to, to referee a World Cup final in um, in 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 Paris and yeah, like I said, um, you know he he would be remembered, uh, you know, all because uh, refereeing is a thankless job and we're always looking for uh, referees and there'll be no game there'll be no game uh, at any sport on unless you have a referee. So it's uh, um, it's a great it's it's great honour for. Um, for anybody to take up the whistle, and and that's why rugby um, respect the referees uh, so much that they're they're the people in control, and we have we have that um, utmost respect for for all referees, and the same will go for for Wayne Barnes. Absolutely, you, you said Aidan about the final. It was a, absolutely a fantastic final. Uh, very, very tough. Very, very physical. Very, uh, uh, it was down to the wire. Uh, it was only again a one-point game. South Africa held out for the whole second half. They didn't. They put up their twelve points in in the first half. They from penalties. Uh, they brought back uh, Potter to, as their kicker. 
uh, he he hit every he hit uh, every every penalty he got, um, and they were in you know nearly had a try two tries nearly after half time, but they all blacks all credit to them. Uh, they lost a man uh, he threw a red card early in the game. Uh, their captain, um, it, you know, it is a big loss, and uh, yeah, but they they didn't lie down under it, and they came back very strong at, at South Africa and brought the game back to in a one point game, and they had a few uh, shots for uh, for a for a penalty um, and a conversion, and you know, as I say, with a little bit more luck, they might have pulled it off, but that's we could say the same. Uh, uh, about Ireland against the All Blacks as well, so uh, you know there's, there wasn't a lot um, in between the, the top four teams in particular, and uh, you know that the, the two teams in the final of of South Africa, uh, New Zealand, uh, France, and ourselves Ireland. Um, there's very little, you know, as as it showed on, on the scoreboard. There's very little between the particular four teams, and you know they they were the top four teams of the of the championship. I know the semi-finals didn't work out that way, but the quarter-finals were really, uh, were really the semi-finals, and uh, uh, yeah, you know they were they were two fantastic games as well. So it had been a great World Cup. There had been huge interest in it, huge uh, travelling Irish support over to it. A lot of people that would never have been, been maybe even at a club game uh, went uh, went over to support Ireland for the weekend, and you know it was amazing that. Uh, you know, boys and girls and that there. I had my own youngest daughter uh, travelled over with another friend from Glasgow for the final. And um, it was just, uh, you know, it just gripped everybody and it gripped everybody at home here as well um, with, with people watching the games in the evening. It was nicely timed on Saturday evenings at 8 o'clock for most people was able to, to get in and watch them. So uh, next year, then in four years' time, It'll be further away, and it'll be more difficult to get for Irish supporters when uh, when it's in in Australia. But needless to say, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of Irish in Australia, and probably there's a lot of houses that uh, will be will be full up uh, with with Irish supporters as well travelling. So uh, again, hopefully I'm around four years time yet, and I'd really look forward to travelling to the next World Cup in four years time. In fingers, fingers crossed, and I suppose really when you when you overall, you know when you analyse the game, I, I suppose really the key things were um, the winning and losing was a, I suppose that the key um, the key for for South Africa was that they did get a a good start um, to the game and they built on that, they took advantage of that uh, from a New Zealand point of view, I suppose the sending off of. Um, the sending off of the New Zealand player didn't help them, and that that was always going to put them on the back foot. Yeah, it's a it's an issue that World Rugby going to have to look at because, like, to play with fourteen men for the whole game is is uh, like it gives the opposition team an unfair advantage, and maybe there's some way uh, that you know that they could. Um, substituting a person um, at, at some stage back into the game after ten minutes, fifteen minutes, or whatever, uh, not to, not to allow the game be be played out. I know the uh, the game uh, was played at fourteen each for 
some for some time for two ten minute periods because uh, South Africa suffered two uh, two uh, yellow cards as well, where they would they would be down to fourteen men for twenty minutes of uh, the the second half. So, but again, uh, that's uh, that's for another day. It's for World Cup has looked at they have looked at a number of things. Uh, uh, they they know they have got it wrong in in relation to the draw. Uh, that they made the draw too early after the last World Cup. They now are going to delay the, the draw until the the week before the the year beforehand, um, and that will bring in the forum teams at that particular stage. Um, they also are, are adding uh, uh, four more teams in that they're to the competition. So you know, it will be you know the the great uh, the great surprise of the tournament was uh, say Portugal, like uh, basically an amateur side, and they played lovely rugby, and it was great to see them getting a win over Fiji, and you know they were a pleasure to watch, and you know it, it shows that some of the the weaker countries with a bit more support that they they could they could uh, get get there, you know. I suppose the the two disappointing teams were. Italy um, that they showed so poorly in the World Cup and and also Australia. You know there there were two sides that really didn't perform in the World Cup and you know that's uh, that's the way it goes. Uh, there's some teams that come that come good and other teams uh, they just don't make it um, at the at the time. You know so we have uh, had a few new appointments uh, there that was announced at at, at IRFU level. Uh, you had uh, David Humphreys. Uh, uh, he was a great Irish player, Ulster player. Uh, he is coming. He's coming in in uh, in place of David Nafora, and uh, it's a very important uh, position. David Nafora would be responsible for sort of overseeing uh, all the professional game, and uh, he'd be on the uh, professional board. And seeing that you know players maybe that if there's a surplus in Leinster or wherever that he would move players, he might he mightn't have been the most popular uh, for some of the decisions that he made. But you you had to make them for the good of rugby, and he moved players from Leinster to to Munster to Connacht to Ulster, um, and and so uh, you know around. So you know that that appointment. Um, yeah, like David, David has 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 was a very good appointment. Uh, he done the job extremely well, and I, I have no doubt that David Humphreys, with his experience in business, and he has been involved in the similar role with cricket uh, in England, that he 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 will uh, perform very well in that particular role. And we look forward to working with uh, David Humphreys. That's it, and we'd like to wish him all the best in his new role. So, listen, thanks very much, uh, Adrian, for taking the time to do um, for doing uh, rugby view with us, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you very much, Aidan. No problem. Thanks very much, and that was Adrian Letty and myself talking about all things rugby. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? You're very welcome to this week's um, Cast Three Cavaliers basketball podcast with myself, Aidan Rafferty, and of course, as always, the coach from uh, Cast Three Cavaliers. Uh, basketball club Thomas Callahan. Hello, Thomas. How are you? Are you well? I'm good, Aidan. Thanks, Rob. That's great. And uh, yeah, so I suppose uh, you know it's 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 getting into a, be a busy time of the year uh, now. That you know it's a few. I suppose the season now is getting to start, and I suppose it's the under sixteen does the there's the ladies, and then I think in a couple of weeks' time, then the um, 
the men's will be starting up as well. So I suppose looking back on last weekend, was there any action and what action is coming up this weekend? Yeah, well, <clears throat> the under-16 boys, uh, they had their game called off. Um, they were supposed to play Longford uh, tonight, actually. It's Thursday now. Um, but we have a few lads involved with the Roscommon development for the GAA, so uh, we had to postpone that as well. So um, the under-16s will be kicking off their season. Um, well, the under-18s, I should say now. I'll have to try and remember. They're gone up a year, but um, they're going to play their first game the same night the men's play We're our first game. So November 11th, it's a Saturday night in the hub. So they'll do a curtain raiser for our first game. So that'll be a nice evening. Um, and it's grand because it gives us a bit more time now to get organised uh, with them lads and get everybody registered and see who we have and uh, give Joe Henry a chance to get a few sessions in with them. So, um, <laughs> And then the ladies played Friday night at home to um, Mayo Mustangs. They came over from Castle Bear. And uh, we were beaten in the end by about 20 or 25 points. Um, now they pulled away. It was uh, it was a good performance from us. I think um, uh, we just have to get used to a few different ways to play and play more efficiently. Um, Siobhan Kilkenny for Castlebar, she's a Irish basketball legend. So she played in college in America and you know, played for Ireland national team for years and played uh, with NUIG. Um, when they were in the Ladies Super League and Division One down through the years, so uh, just having her, she's their player coach. So, and she still she's hasn't lost it at all. She comes down and she just makes easy opportunities for all her team. Like she'd be looking one way and then pass the other and take out five defenders and leave her teammate with a layup. So, um, uh, she was able to really drive it on for them in the second quarter and they pulled away. Um, I think we were down sixteen at halftime, <clears throat> which isn't insurmountable. Um, but again, I think we were just relying a bit on our outside scoring a bit much, even though we did have, we were backed up today or on last Friday by uh, Maria McCarthy playing her first game and Sarah Tyrrell was there as well. Um, and then in the second half, we started getting it inside to them, you know, two very accomplished post players and getting great opportunities at the basket. You know, I think with our ladies team, um, down through the years or down through the last two years anyway, we've relied a lot on the likes of Kerry Harkin or Sandra Kane to make their outside shots to keep our score ticking over. Uh, but I think we can get used to now or hopefully be more willing and um, able to get the ball inside more for those easier baskets. Because um, it's those easy baskets and getting them consistently that really drives your score up. You know, we yeah. always score about 30 to 45 points in a game when really you'd want to be scoring 50 to 65 or more if you can if you're going to look at winning games. And now in the second half, we did get those opportunities. Um, Maria McCarthy, she's a big addition for us this year. She got to the basket a lot of times and sometimes wasn't able to finish. But I think once she gets more game time in and more practice in, um, those will start to go down and we'll really start to see um, ourselves playing more efficient basketball when you have that balance of inside and outside. Um, it was good performances as well all around. Um, Kerry Harkin, you know, the, the start of the game was tough. Um, came back in in the third quarter and she was a completely different player. She, I think she had like five steals. She was grabbing rebounds and she found her shooting range as well um, to keep us within touch. Um, Sandra and Rebecca Kane also had great games. Um, Rebecca continues to try and work on her guard, um, point guard abilities and that's the role we're playing her, playing her in this year. And uh, I think she's growing every game. You know, this game was a bit tougher for her. I think because they, 
you know, then Mohill played man to man, so it was easy. Or I think for Rebecca to go one v one, whereas against Castlebar, when they're in the zone, it's harder to find your opportunities. So I think she'll learn that just to be a bit more patient and pick her opportunities a bit more. Um, yeah, there was good minutes as well. Maya Grogan had got her first minutes for us, um, and she was solid. You know, we just got her a taste, and she's a good athlete. She's fast. She's uh, tenacious. So again, just to get her up to speed and looking inside more, I think a lot of our players were happy just to pass it around outside and get it back to Kerry or better get it back to Sandra or Rebecca Kane. Um, so they could do something rather than your first option should be looking into the post. Um, and I think once everybody starts making that a threat for us, um, we'll really start to see ourselves improve. Um, Kelly Coleman as well scored her point for us. Um, I was delighted for her because she's been working hard with us all summer, uh, just on her jump shot and little things, her general skill level. So she came in and got more minutes and knocked down a nice shot. I was glad to have Alana Hammore played her first minutes for us as well this year. Um, gave us good energy and speed and tenacity off the bench. Um, so a lot, a lot of positives again. Twenty-five points, you know, and it, it was really like a sixteen to twenty point loss but like just towards the end of the game they were able to add a, add on a few more baskets so uh, and Mayo are a very strong team you know they'll be looking to push Mohill I think and Sligo for the title this year so um, again a lot of positives and a lot of improvements from the last day. That's great and of course I suppose you know even though there is the loss there was kind of the positives and the things that went well but so the, if if we, if we were just to to mention the things that went well on one side and the th- the things that get, went went wrong are things that you, we still have to work or kind of you have to work on or kind of fine tune kind of um, what would those be? Um, I'd say <clears throat> definitely just getting used to having post up players. You know, I think. Like I mentioned, we rely a lot on our outsider players, our guards for scores. But then just basketball in general, um, you really have to establish yourself at the basket and getting those easy ones um, because relying too much on your three-point shooting or your outside shooting, um, it's not a kind of pathway to success. Uh, So we have that firepower now inside with Maria and Sarah and Abby Flanagan um, when she's available, you know. So just getting used to like... Um, you know, we want them to have the ball, you know, mm-hmm. more than maybe now I know the girls will still get their points and maybe just have to look for their shooting opportunities a bit, um, you know, pick their moments a bit more um, because we want the ball inside and at the rim and getting fouls and getting easy baskets rather than maybe relying on your outside shooting um, and just getting used to that. Everybody looking inside and uh, and even, you know, and it works out as a balance. Um, you just have to commit to it. If you play inside, <clears throat> the defense is going to react and collapse down there and it'll leave more space for those outside players. So I think we have the personnel and the balance now position wise to play a good brand of basketball and an efficient brand of basketball. So it's just getting, um, everybody clued in and, um, playing that way as opposed to, I suppose, what we're used to and, just swinging it around the outside and looking for shooting opportunities. So definitely that. I thought our rebounding was better. Rachel Mulligan, um, Chloe Fine and off the bench. Uh, these um, they We played these girls and kind of, they're undersized for the positions they play in, but uh, they're strong when they go in there and they're very, give a lot of effort. And I think after the Mohill game, they were looking to, you know, um, you know, get back on the horse in terms of their rebounding and their physicality. So they were able to do that pretty well, I think, in this one. Um, Megan Keaveney as well in that guard spot um, gave us solid minutes. Um, 
but just again, just being used to playing in a different style of basketball based on the new personnel we have this year. And I think uh, once we do that, um, we'll see major improvements. And uh, for you as a coach as well, I suppose, like, um, you know, so long as you see an improvement in each game from from one from the previous game that that's kind of what you you know that's 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 all you're asking for them as well and they seem to they, they seem to be nailing that down like you know the mistakes that we say to make they made at the weekend they they'll clean that up and that won't happen then in the next game and you know sometimes it just takes a few a few games to get going really and to kind of fine tune and uh, get, you you know to kind of get the the basketball that the the type the style of basketball you need you want that that'll uh, I suppose to suit the player that works around the players and uh, that will get wins obviously as well which is uh, which is vital and uh, of course from that then the the confidence will build not that there isn't confidence in, in the squad because they're a great bunch of players they're a great bunch of girls and that and that uh, but they, these are all kind of the key things and I suppose you as a coach you're not kind of worried you're not kind of worried about that aspect because you know that aspect of the um, of the performance will come yeah, that's it. Look, at we were, um, you know, this year just to keep ourselves kind of head screwed on, we have a goal of just taking it week by week and setting our goal in just the numbers and having bodies there um, week by week and just taking it that step at a time. And I think that's the best way to build, um, you know, that confidence and uh, commitment to each other um, and belief in each other and then belief in ourselves, you know. Um, definitely, I feel like we have Drumlish now tomorrow night, Friday, um, down in Longford, we've the their team we should be beating. You know, we think that every year, but then last year we went down and they stole it from us. They won by two points. They beat us, so we don't want to go down there. We've learned our lesson, you know. Um, so hopefully this it'll be our first win of the season, and I think that'll be just reward for the way we've applied ourselves and the way we've had a kind of shift in mentality. Uh, I think we have a very there's a sense of positivity growing in the women's group this year. Um, that maybe was missing a bit last year. So uh, we've been enjoying it and, you know, treating it as sports should be treated. Um, and hopefully now tomorrow night we will be rewarded with our first win of the season. Uh, Drumlish, I think um, they have Mark Canty actually coaching them this year. He's from Longford and he's been involved with Longford Phoenix for a long time. So, um, you know, they'll have a bit more structure and shape and they'll be, they'll be fairly... Uh, Confident, and I'd say quietly confident that they could nearly upset us again. You know, we did beat them in the Shield final then at the top four comfortably enough. But I think down in there, Jim and St. Mills, um, they're confident that they can, you know, go toe to toe with anyone, and especially us after they uh, beat us last year. So um, it's going to be a challenge again. Every game's a challenge, and we want it that way. Um, and yeah, I think again, um, we've been growing, even though we've lost our first two games. Um, we're kind of happy with, you know, where it's going, little things that we've been focusing on are, are working from the outside looking in. It might not seem like that, but we've noticed it. And hopefully again tomorrow, um, it can come to fruition again on the court. And hopefully this time we'll get the win. And uh, I suppose uh, in, in schools, uh, in colleges, uh, basketball now, um, you know, obviously there's the boys and the girls. Uh, how's that going? For you? How's that going now at the moment? Um, we're through the boys got through the under 19 boys got through to the regional semi-final so um, I think we're playing uh, St. Murdoch's from Ballina in that after the midterm so again like 
the under nine our under nineteens this year are sort of a young under nineteen group. So a lot of our our kind of stronger players are all it's their first year under nineteen, you know, so they're sixteen, seventeen years old. Um they lot we lost our last group game, but it didn't matter. We still got through in second place, but we lost by five points in a really close one to Carrick. Uh, but again, the difference was Carrick were so physically strong and they had boys there with a bit of conditioning behind them. If you stood the teams up next to each other, um, you know, one was a lot more imposing than the other. Um, you know, so that stood against us in that one. And um, now I was so proud of our lads. They fought on and they took belts, and uh, but they fought on. And I think we wouldn't fear them again. You know, we know what they're... Um, we kind of know have their number now a little bit but it was just hard to cope with the physicality of it for our lads who are just that bit behind in the sort of growth and conditioning so um, the Ballina as well will be you know um, it's B basketball now the lads were in C under 16 last year so to go from under 16 C to under 19 B um, with a young squad is a difficult transition but look we're through we'll give it our best crack and we have a few weeks as well to uh, prepare them for that um, the under-16s, unfortunately, didn't go through. We finished third in our group on score difference only. But um, we beat Carrick as well uh, by two points in a very, very close contest. Um, Derek Curran uh, came back for us and he was he's a he's sensational talent kind of at all sports. Um, and he was a major difference and he was able to score some clutch baskets and uh, get us over the line. But unfortunately... Um, himself and Sean Vaughan were missing the first day and they'd be two key um, players for that team. You know, they played a big role in last year's All-Ireland run. So um, we lost out just on score difference. But again, I was very happy with their performance and, um, you know, they look forward now to the club basketball season. That's it. And uh, I suppose on next next week's uh, next week's podcast, we'll uh, start talking about the the lads team uh, with Castry Cavaliers and how the preseason is going and looking ahead to that season. So uh, I suppose there's another thing on the agenda for you at the moment, and uh, that was um, you know last Sunday w- w- was a great day for Castry St Kevin's in the intermediate football or in the, in the intermediate football uh, county final. I suppose a lot of people's favourites would have been. Um, would have been Irog, a fine team, some a lot of great experience. But uh, you know, I suppose really, I've been kind of following um, Castle St Kevin's throughout the championship, and you've, you had a very good kind of, you had a very good championship throughout. And I think uh, you you know, it was it was a, it was a big day uh, to be playing in the county final. And you know, I suppose you were you were behind for for a good bit, but then you you made a great comeback. And uh, what what a point to win it then at the end, and uh, of course with yourself playing cornerback, I suppose from your point of view, and from I suppose what what are your thoughts on your your performance, and then just just kind of the overall performance of the team, and uh, I suppose what kicked off the, the the great comeback, and of course that great point at the end, uh, and I suppose that that is the sign of a great team, and of course look first and foremost, you you know you want to win the county final, and now now you've. Uh, kind of to look forward to but just on the county final itself uh, yeah look it, it was a very sweet way to win it you know we didn't lead the game at all until you know the last kick so it's a very sweet way to win it and um, obviously a very devastating way to lose it for our rogue you know and you know they are a great team we've played them a lot in the championship down the last few years you know I've like personally, I we have a very young team who might have been there the last until this year or last year. So I have a lot of experience against Airog, and they're always 
very um, you know competitive and strong and um, you know it's, you kind of relish the matchup it's a local rivalry as well so I don't know if any of them are watching this or listening to this commiserations and obviously Tyrone and Cahill who um, has represented the Castle Three Cavaliers on the court as well down through the years you know he was on their panel so um, you know we know a lot of the lads and you know um, it's a devastating one for them you could see it afterwards they they obviously um, it's hard to take but commiserations to them uh, on our side, yeah, um, you know, I think um, we kind of were quietly confident going in. Um, we backed ourselves that we could uh, maybe cause a little bit of what is now an upset in a lot of people's eyes. Um, you know, and I you know from our, we only won the quarterfinal and uh, semifinal in very kind of, you know, we had to come back in those games as well. And the semifinal was a bit of a miracle to get it to extra time in injury time. So, I think we all kind of knew if we didn't stop and kept working and kept driving it on until the very end, we'd be we'd get rewarded. And as long as we stayed in touch by the two, three, and even four points, we I don't think anybody stopped and um, the towel wasn't thrown in even remotely. So um, and then we got rewarded, obviously. So it was brilliant. Um, you know, from the basketball point of view, you know myself, I was involved. David Quinn, um, Frank Hester as well, and uh, Joseph Henry. We're all involved, all on the panel. And from our women's team, Kerry Harkin, um, her boyfriend is our captain, Michael Conroy. And uh, Alana Hanmore, is um, her boyfriend is Adam McDermott, who obviously got all the headlines. So um, there's a big overlap in involvement. And, um, you know, obviously, I think the boys were in the chat as well, telling us best of luck and well done. So, um, you know, it was great to get that back and from all everybody in the basketball side of it. So, um and then, yeah, um, on to Connacht. Look, it, we'll dust ourselves down now and have a crack at it. Um, and, you know, again, it's um, it, we relish the challenge and we'll fancy ourselves now against anyone if we can believe in ourselves like we did in that second half on Sunday. You know, I think we that belief will stay with us now as we go into Connacht. So, um, yeah, it was been, it's been a great week. Obviously, my voice might be a bit funny on this, you know, and I don't yeah, think that's right. the... I don't think that's from technical issues now, but um, look, we'll uh, we'll dust ourselves down now and try and get ready for this next round and next set of games. So um, yeah, and that's uh, it's been a great week, and uh, thanks for the congratulations and for no bringing problem. it up on this episode. No problem, and I suppose really as well, um, you know, obviously when you look when you look at their old players, you know they they have some fine players on the panel. Obviously, you know the experience of Colm Lavin and Goal. Um, you know the f- they have great players throughout, but I suppose you know maybe the one I know you, you kind of as a team you focus on your own stuff, but I mean there's one player kind of up front that you kind of have to plan for, and that's Connor Cox really. Um, so I suppose from a defensive point of view, uh, you were kind of in that 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 fullback. I think he was cornerback. So I suppose what was your plan for him? Because you know if you give him any sort of space at all, he he can really punish any team on his own really. Yeah, I suppose like I think everybody kind of knows Connor Cox is a very talented footballer and um you know obviously I think the the major thing with any team playing against Connor Cox is you know it's all over the field you know you can't be giving away set pieces you know because he'll punish you and he did the last year I think he scored I think he scored six or seven from free so um and def- particularly in that first half you've seen how um proficient he was so um you know and he lifts them to another level so I think the big thing, I think we backed ourselves, you know, on our side of it. You know, we've come up against strong forward lines before and 
Um, we were happy with how our management set us out. And, um, you know, there was no, it was very clear on what we wanted to do. And, you know, particularly we were very, uh, we were very prepared to try and not foul and, you know, limit what he could do to us from the set piece. So, um, and, you know, I think like on the balance of it, it was a kind of mixed result in that sort of end of it. But um, thankfully, I think we did just enough <laughs> to, uh, mm. uh, you know, limit it. And by the slimmest of margins, we got over the line. So, um, yeah, obviously we were very aware of um, Cox and also Liam Creighton is a very talented footballer. Uh, Dory there in their forward line and young Brian Green as well who has had a mental minor championship for Aero Glavies so you know we were very aware we weren't overlooking them and you know we just knew our values going in and I think we executed them uh, fairly well or at least enough to get over the line that's it. And of course, up the reward, like I said, is uh, you're now in the, the Connacht uh, Club Ch- Intermediate Football F- Championship now as well. And of course, the other reward is senior football next year. I suppose a, a, a step up from, from intermediate. And uh, I suppose, you know, when you, when you look at it uh, over the years now, over the last five, six years, um, I suppose, look, uh, St. Folias went down. They didn't think, you know, they didn't uh, find it as easy to get back into senior football. You know, it took them two bites of the cherry to get back in. The same with Oran, the same with uh, St. Dominic's as well. Uh, St. Dominic's having been beaten by, being beaten by Oran and Oran being bet by, uh, you know, different teams as well. So, um, you know, it's not an easy, it's not an easy championship, the intermediate championship. So when you get into senior, you've earned it from, from, uh, intermediate yeah definitely I mean and I think the standard next year is going to be even higher so I think people are like we were happy to get out when we did because you know strokes down going down you know and they'll come back stronger you know and really back themselves to win that so um, I suppose senior won't be obviously will be a lot more difficult but like you said it was um, the intermediate is a and will be a very difficult uh uh, championship to get out of and um, you know it was uh, it was important to get out while we did I think because the field there is going to be even stronger next year and teams will look to bounce back the likes of Fewerty and uh, Elfin and Joe you know, there's a list of teams there St. Crones that will look to bounce back and um, again like you said get where they all want to get and back into senior I suppose from our point of view you know um, like for me I started playing adult football just as Cast 3 went down you know about I don't know what it was 10-12 years ago and uh, you know you can see um, what it means to the club. There's a big history in the club, and like everybody always calls us a town team, you know, and that we shouldn't be senior. I think you know the history club and the players that are in there, and uh, you know just what the club has done in the past. We are, we should be a senior club. That's it. That court. got us back there, and yeah, and. Um, you know, after the game, you know, seeing the likes of maybe the lads that stepped away just as I was starting, the likes of Jarheen Han and David Scahill and Sean Ryan, um, you know, all these books, Shaheen Han that was on our management, um, you know, to see them and even what it meant to them winning on Sunday to, that Castry was back in senior um, is massive. And, you know, Adam said it after the game, I think that, you know, our team is very young and, um, you know, they were brought up watching senior football and, um, he had a, he said he was reared on senior football and that um, you know it's important that we, Castlery St Kevin's are senior so um, you know it's a major step up um, but we're going to relish the opportunity and you know it's where we belong to be um, 
so we can't wait just to get cracking at it next year and uh, represent the club at senior level. And of course, look, two, two, two uh, huge uh, football legends that, that played for Casares and Kevins as well is uh, obviously Nigel Deneen. He he last lifted the cup there, uh, you, you know, as well. And of course, how how could we forget Derek Duggan? And of course, you, you probably heard the uh, the news there that his son, uh, Jack Duggan, is supposed to be transferring from uh, from Longford to playing for Roscommon next season, so that's that's going to be some that's going to be something exciting and see see how he performs. That 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 will be a good addition to the panel as well. Uh, yeah, you know that's big news for Roscommon. Obviously, I'm a big supporter of uh, the Rossies, and uh, you know hopefully it'll be make more challenging now in that forward line for um to for anyone to get in. Hopefully, we're obviously backing our boy Adam to hopefully feature a bit more. Um, uh, this year for the Rossies or in the next year so um, yeah it's exciting to see how the Rossies will get on with that new addition and um, hopefully it'll drive on everybody around them as well and you know like you said you mentioned there Nigel Deneen and Derek Duggan you know um, <clears throat> you know, for us to go back to the clubhouse and see all those pictures of those lads and more on the walls around us and now to get our uh, picture up on the wall as an adult team to have won a trophy and get back to senior is something that's very important to us. So the pedigree there in Castlebury has always been strong, and uh, you know it's for it's like you think you do keep those names in mind when you're going out representing them. And again, like I said, we're we have the opportunity now to go out and represent them at senior level. So um, you know it's a very proud moment for me and the club as a whole. And of course, it also inspires the underage players as well. Um, because you have a good structure underage. So listen, thanks very much. Um, thanks very much, Thomas, for taking the time out to do Castle Cavaliers. And once again, congratulations on winning on Sunday. And of course, you'd be looking forward to the, the Connacht Club Championship as well. So, uh, yeah, so we, we'll, uh, we look, we look forward to looking back on those games, um, next weekend, uh, next week. And we look forward to looking, looking towards, uh, the next weekend as well so we'll talk to you then and of course before you go you'd like to say uh, uh, a mention to the uh, your sponsors as well yeah absolutely I'll just quickly mention our basketball sponsors again um, Whispies on uh, Patrick Street obviously supported us a lot in the football as well this year um, Whispies discount store great supporter of us um, Benny's Deli Oh, up on Main Street. Um, thank you for their support as well. Amigo International out in Ballinla and Mulligan's Menswear. So all those have come on board this year to uh, support the basketball. And uh, again, we're very grateful and proud to represent them on the basketball court. So thanks a million. No problem. Okay, so thanks very much, uh, Thomas. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. All right, Aidan. Thanks a million. Chat to you next week. No problem. Thanks very much. And that was uh, Thomas Callan, the coach at uh, Castery Cavaliers Basketball Club. Hello everyone, how are you doing? You're very welcome back to Friday Sport with myself, Aidan Rafferty and of course uh, Brian Colleran as well. Well, unfortunately we've come to the end of the show. We hope you enjoyed everything that we had for you for you and uh, we hope that uh, you know if you're enjoying if you're if you're going to any sporting events over the weekend or matches or that, we hope you we hope you enjoyed them. It's been a great World Cup uh, for the rugby and of course plenty of J and soccer as well. And plenty plenty of uh, great Premier League action as well. Um, so thanks very much for tuning in. Thanks very much to uh, Brian, who's uh, who ably assisted me today. And You're very welcome, Aidan. Have a good weekend. And enjoy the sport. No problem. Thanks very much, Brian. And of course, the same to, to the same to yourself, Brian. And of course, the same to 
everyone out there and uh, don't forget if, you, if you're uh, we hope you enjoyed everything that uh, we had for you um, if you want to keep up to date on all things sporty there, it, don't forget to look up on uh, the fr- on the Ross FM Sport uh, Facebook page WhatsApp and of course um, the the uh, WhatsApp page and of course um, Twitter as well and uh, you know we, we have all the latest sport on there and don't forget that this uh, this show will also be podcasting and available on the um, on the Ross FM website www.rossfm.ie and of course uh, it's also on um, and don't, don't forget GA View as well is available on wherever you listen to your podcast so thanks very much for tuning in until next week bye